0: Hello, I'm Kyle. And I'm Trevor. And today, Kyle will be catching up on cinema. Yes. So, uh, for today's episode, I had Kyle watch a film from the year 2000, a Japanese indie action film by the name of Versus, uh, yes. directed by Ryuhei Kitamura. Um,
1: He's directed a lot of stuff. I looked um, up his... Uh...
0: He was pretty busy in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, he had kind of a meteoric rise in Japanese cinema, like right after this movie, and um, he made he kind of did like the thing where you make the same movie like three times in a row oh, okay. early in his career, um, oftentimes with many of the same players, and then uh, two thousand four he got to do uh, Godzilla's fiftieth anniversary, Godzilla Final Wars. Um, is an atypically high budget Godzilla movie was not terribly good, and it had his fingerprints all the oh, fuck man. over it. Did not feel like a Godzilla movie at all. Um, he's a funny guy because i i i like him but i don't because he has so many tendencies and so many quirks that are so they they insist upon themselves (laughs) um his movies have a look and a feel that is unmistakable but it's also like explicitly paying homage to so many other films that have come before that it's 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 not original um like his movies come across as like a hodgepodge of references to other movies like the matrix in particular well i wish i would have known that
1: before going into this because i definitely could feel some other stuff going on
0: no no i'm sure every every reference that came to mind is accurate because he is he is not afraid of just directly saying i am referencing this thing that i like Okay, so what
1: we generally do is whoever has recommended the movie is the one that has to give the plot real quick. But I want to actually uh, chime in and see if I can guess what the plot is because I had to watch this dubbed in English, which I hate. I would so much rather watch it with subtitles. Yeah. And I tried to find another version. Like, I ordered it, and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to watch this with the dub. I tried to find it, but it just
0: wasn't going to happen. Oh, and there's so many subtleties in... Well, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a deep movie, but no. there's a lot of things like that I'm sure wouldn't come across through a dub. Like, one of the characters in particular has a very distinct accent in Japanese. Yes, I that. Uh, noticed that probably doesn't come across very convincingly in English. Like, it probably doesn't have the same impact. Um, so, what
1: I can gather from this movie is that these two have a feud that has to do with... Um, reincarnation. So, yes. it happened a long time ago they're reincarnated and they're still trying to settle it. And this is more or less them figuring that out.
0: Yeah, it's an okay. endless cycle. Okay. Um what the very first scene in the movie takes place in feudal Japan. Awesome opening. It's pretty good, yeah. I really I as soon as I saw the
1: opening I'm like, all right, this is up my, okay, this is up my and, we,
0: and we get a little bit of a bait and switch too with the characters mm-hmm. where um the first things we see are a nameless samurai character with a katana fighting what appears to be zombie samurai
1: yes zombie samurai he does
0: some tricky sword work cuts them all down we get a very heavily inspired by anime overhead shot of everyone dropping at the same time as he puts his sword away it's beautiful it's cheesy but it's awesome i
1: definitely that was something i noticed watching this was i'm like i'm feeling some
0: anime in here oh no doubt and uh i'm like there's a chosen one coming up somewhere yeah but um, what later happens, though, is that this samurai character um, comes across an evil priest looking guy who takes him out in one stroke. Mm-hmm. But then as he's laying dying, uh, we see another character with a, a brimmed cap uh, standing off at of the distance in opposition to the priest character. And we never really see his face, but it comes into play later. Yes. So it's it's hinted that that first guy we saw doing cool stuff would be important. He's not. <laughs> well, he's not
1: because he. I actually thought about this when uh, we we come back to the uh, characters. He was bald. He was kind of uh, balding a little bit.
0: Well, that's samurai haircut. Like that's typical. But uh, Tak, uh, hmm. the main character, when that's so what it, I thought it was. Yeah, he's got he's got shaggy shaggy uh, pop group hair. Yeah, <laughs> he's got boy band hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, But yeah, that was
1: that was more or less the the gist there But if you wanted to dive in a little bit deeper with yeah,
0: so we had our little prologue sequence but uh, the majority of the story takes place in present times and uh, we're introduced to two convicts who are escaping into the wilderness Mm -hmm. and they still have their jumpsuits on Um, none of the characters have names in this movie and um, I Don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that mr. Kitamura has a thing for Tarantino's films (laughs) Yeah. like I said um, did you see Reservoir Dogs probably yeah when you think Mr. Pink Mr. you know yeah. all that stuff that's very similar to this um, so these two convicts are running through the wilderness and then they come to a clearing and then a car pulls up and it's filled with colorful cast of characters
1: real quick now they're, they're definitely the opening scene um, awesome gore like awesome makeup effects right off the bat and you know that tickles my fancy <laughs> um <laughs> But yes they're definitely zombies mm. and when we meet these two characters they're coming down the hill and one of them has a handcuff with a hand in it yeah so in my mind I'm like they're running away from a zombie outbreak mm. um, that's what I have in my
0: head but um, funny thing about the hand um, it actually does come into play later in the story it does. It's, it's a very minor element but it's a good it's a good little addition to the cast mm. <laughs> um, also can't help but think of Yojimbo. Um, there's the iconic shot of the dog running through the street with a hand in its mouth as our introduction to this this town under siege. <laughs> I haven't seen Yojimbo. Oh, well you'll have to at some point. But it's it. it may not have been an explicit reference, but whenever you see a severed hand in a Japanese movie, you can't help but think of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> is it better than Kajimusha? oh well, Kagemusha, um yes. Well one is like super high art, the other one's just high art. Which one's super high art? Kagemusha. That's why I want to watch that one. <laughs> Yojimbo is a little bit more digestible. Gotcha. Um, and entertaining. The other one's more <laughs> thought, thought-provoking, I guess. More uh, psychological. Okay. Versus is none of those things. <laughs> um, another question I have
1: real quick off the top. So, actually, you know what? I'll wait till we get to it. I'll, okay. It'll be for uh, about the, um, the pathogen. Uh, because this pathogen... Are the whatever's causing these people to be zombies is not common zombie lore.
0: No, it is. It's it's, supernatural. Yes. Um, which I think is maybe one of the most explicit references in the movie is a film that's very near and dear to your heart is evil dead, Mm -hmm. the evil dead. Yes. The original. Um, see, I haven't actually seen the original evil dead. I've seen Mm. two and army of darkness. So I'm very familiar with, with what early Sam Raimi looks like and feels like, (laughs) um, Versus is very heavily inspired by The Evil Dead, even, even down to the camera work. There's a lot of I smash that. zooms and a lot of weird angles and a lot of weird lensing where things look almost fish-eyed. And that might be one of the reasons why I really, I, I really like this movie, uh, for the most part. Well, uh. it's not a perfect film no. in, in any way, but what's, I think its strongest asset is its enthusiasm. It's an
1: independent film, and you have to remember also that The Evil Dead is an, was an independent film. It was just
0: some fucking kids that went it's, to yeah, yeah. Went it's to a mission. bunch of kids that took some shit out into the woods and had had some fun.
1: And I mean, I think that's why the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, also Blair Witch Project. These are Blair Witch Project is probably someone will probably argue this one of the best independent horror films because it's still pretty good uh, yeah. for what they what they. Yeah, no, I, I think it holds up for the most part. I think the scariest one is probably Texas Chainsaw Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but. I think what The Evil Dead did really well was those crazy camera angles. And, and that's
0: a trademark of Sam Raimi. Yeah.
1: And that's something I could definitely see in this and the parts that I like that
0: stood out for me. Well, the thing about all the movies you mentioned, I'm not so sure about Blair Witch, but nope. all the other ones, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's Toby Hooper. Mm-hmm. Um, those were all made by immensely talented people who were working with minimal resources. And the thing that... It's a recurring theme throughout all of art is sometimes having fewer resources is what gets you the best product because it, it strains you. It, it forces you to make concessions in order to get get the image that you want, but without having the keys to the castle to, to do anything you want. And Ryuhei Kitamura mm-hmm. is not on the same level as all these like, all these no. guys we just mentioned. Not at all, even, even later in his career. In fact, his career has started to flounder in the past 10 years. Um, he even got to make an American film at one point. And what's funny about his filmmaking... What American it, film was it? Midnight Meat Train. Oh, I don't starring know Starring Bradley Cooper and Vinnie Jones. Oh, wow. Based on a Clive Barker novel.
1: That, 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 <laughs> I've,
0: I've actually watched it, and it ends with a fist fight between Bradley Cooper and Vinnie Jones. You just hurt my head. That was, <laughs> that's a
1: lot to process. So,
0: So the man who is now up for Oscars likely this year, Bradley Cooper. For what? A star is born. You haven't heard of this? No. It you're you're gonna be sick of it in the next couple months. Yeah, no, I can believe it. Just I think it just came out this week. What is? It's a remake of a remake. It's a classic Hollywood oh. film. Um Anyway, sorry. It's gonna win Oscars. Probably a uh, lots of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bradley Cooper and Vinny Jones having a fist fight in New York. Um, but yeah, Ryuhei Kitamura. It's funny because his uh his style feels American, even though he's very much a japanese film director you can tell that his his cinema passion like his inspirations were probably american films and as far as talent is concerned i feel like his enthusiasm is what carries him Mm -hmm. um he's kind of like kevin smith i guess where it's like he he's always in it and he always cares about what he's doing but the technicals and stuff like that sometimes escape him in kevin smith's case it's Like, literal technicals. Like, how to handle a fucking camera in an editing suite. In Kitamura's case, it's, like, subtlety and storytelling precision. But in terms of, like, camera work and lighting and stuff, he knows his shit. Exactly, exactly. And one of his trademarks is camera movement. Mm -hmm. Um, He was actually criticized a lot for uh, excessive camera movement. Like, it feels like he needs a fucking tripod sometimes. And he also got kind of gimmicky at times because he got wise to the fact that he was being, like regarded in that fashion so one of his movies uh, azumi uh, it's a ninja movie um came out like two years two three years after this very high budget very actually a lot of fun um it has this rotating camera shot and i'm sure you noticed how often the camera rotates yes. in this movie. it has a vertical rotating shot <laughs> that seemed it feels tacked on as can be where it's just like we we built this rig just so we could do this stupid fucking shot that adds nothing to the storytelling and actually slows the pace of the film.
1: Well, you mentioned Tarantino, and I think that there was, there was a couple of shots in here that it reminded me of Kill Bill, specifically like the wee, 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 oh. when you have the eyes going back and forth, and that's something I saw quite a bit in here, but isn't that Tarantino borrowing from more Japanese filmmaking?
0: See, I can't actually point to a like a distinct example of that, like I can't reference an exact film that he would be referencing in that instance, but um, there's a genre of film in a uh, in Japan called mm. tokusatsu, it means like special photography basically. Mm. Um, tokusatsu is a uh, it, nowadays it's like children's television. Oh. Uh, so what it is is uh, Power Rangers, Kamen Rider, Ultraman, so things. Analogous to Godzilla, but not Godzilla. <laughs> gotcha. So think like live-action superhero shows where people do like fanciful martial arts moves, yeah, you know, lots I'm th- of.
1: I'm thinking Power Rangers. No, now. you I can you, see, you can see, I can see the shots now. Yeah, and
0: in Tokusatsu shows, these all got their start in the late '60s and carried on and like kind of hit their peak in the mid, like early '70s. Mm-hmm. They did these like the editing techniques in these shows are hilarious because mm-hmm. they'll do these things where a like common rider will be fighting a monster then the actor will like bend down and jump yeah and then the camera will like zoom really quickly and then then it'll zoom and he'll be like on top of a cliff and they'll zoom out really fast and it gives you the impression that he just left like 100 feet and those those smash zooms are really kind of a trademark of that genre and they still do it to this day gotcha and japanese are very big on tradition (laughs) um so i wouldn't be surprised if like i mean tarantino's obsessed with the 70s kind of like rob zombie but a different facet D- different <laughs> facet of the seven. <laughs> yeah, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if like that kind of stuff stuck with him and so I mean, Sony Chiba is yeah, in well, his movies and stuff. And well, and, uh, that's true, of the same era.
1: Well, True Romance definitely. I think Tarantino would the watch the um, exploitation movies or like the black sport the exploitation movies. Yes. I think he's a big fan of that, and he actually mentions uh, he was a writer on True Romance. He didn't direct it. But, yeah, um, Christian Slater's character invites, uh, I think she's like a barfly to um, uh, watch three Sonny Chiba
0: movies, and that that is purely Tarantino injecting himself into the script. Oh
1: man, you should have to watch. Cuz I
0: don't that. think that's a sentence that's ever been spoken by a human being other than him.
1: <laughs> I've been meaning for you to catch up on uh, True Romance for a while just because I
0: know of... you've been teasing me with that for a long time. <sighs> Has your
1: brother seen that?
0: Oh yes, of course. Does he is what, he really yeah. like that one? I don't know if he really likes it, but he knows it. And he knows the scene. The... No, he he knows Oof. he grew up in that era. Like for me it's like I'm kind of a poser saying I did. I I was born in eighty seven. <laughs> no, he was born in eighty three. I was yeah. born in eighty seven. So um, he earned that shit. He, he was around for that I shit. I would
1: kinda want I'd kinda want him on that one as well, just because he can probably point out stuff that I didn't even notice in that movie. I wouldn't doubt Yeah. He's good at that.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Runs the family.
1: And he helped us figure something out on uh he
0: got something out of the dark backward the dark backward that He's, is not something kyle and i could have done on our own nope we we would have just been raging for two hours if it, if it had been the two of us
1: doing that podcast it would have been a completely different podcast <laughs> um oh yeah so try to get back to uh to this real quick um so it seems that for the dead to reanimate He explicitly tells us that blood does not get these zombies to reanimate. Um, And then I'm like, is it an airborne pathogen? But it's... It's supernatural. It's supernatural. Purely supernatural. But I do like how... The uh, characters get spit on with blood, and you know in zombie lore, like, oh, you're fucked. Like if you've got a scratch and that blood gets in, you're so done.
0: You, you put way more thought into it than I
1: did. But I noticed that because I'm like, this. If these are zombies and they're spitting blood, oh. I'm like, that's how you transfer the zombie. Well,
0: it was my understanding that just the location. It's it, just, it is. It, it, it is, it's is just lo- like hallowed ground, basically. But he's also he's
1: a, he's also telling us by this isn't how like I know these are zombies, but it's. It's the ground that they're on. It's not yeah. blood. And I thought that was... He does it a few times. I'm like, okay.
0: He's telling us. He's yeah.
1: holding your hand through this a little yeah. bit. <laughs> like,
0: this is the ground we're on. Yeah. So, actually, if I recall, I'm not sure if this was on your version of the movie, but um, on mine, the uh, the first shot is actually a text, a text slide. It was going fast. Yeah, it, go- it went really fast. Um, basically, it says there are like 444 portals to hell. 666 and...
1: Well, mine said four hundred forty-four. There, are, <laughs> no, no, it's there's six hundred sixty-six, and then the four hundred forty-fourth. Oh, it's the, is, one, in, in is is the, the one in Japan, in the forest. Okay, yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, there are six hundred sixty-six portals to hell, and the four hundred forty-fourth one is located in the forest that our convicts are escaping from. It's called the Forest of Resurrection.
1: So these yeah, um I didn't assume they were Yakuza, but the credits say Yakuza leader. I'm with pretty sure they're butterfly. supposed to be. Yakuza leader with butterfly knife is the yeah. <laughs> greatest He's greatest. the
0: MVP of the of the whole movie, if you ask me. Did
1: I tell you my Total Recall story? What? to my brother. So, no. <laughs> I text. I was watching the Total Recall remake. Um, that's one we could cover. Uh, uh, the Total Recalls. Uh, oh, back-to-back. fuck
0: me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you want to do that? <laughs> is that worth anyone's time? No. Um, <laughs> you just have to not
1: watch the second one. It'll be fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I was watching I should it. should just make it up on the fly. <laughs> and I think his name is John Cho. He's from Harold and Kumar go mm-hmm. White Castle. Um, I'm not sure what his background is. Korean. Is he Korean? I, that's what I was assuming. Um, but he has... Uh, in the movie, he has blonde hair, uh, a neck tattoo. He has those two things, and then he's dressed kind of got the loose collar. He looks like like not a square character. Okay. And I text my brother. And I'm like, never trust a Korean guy with blonde hair and a neck tattoo, which is super racist.
0: And it was, just well, a, but it's also true. It was yeah. Like,
1: I don't trust anybody with a neck tattoo. Yeah, no fucking kidding. Anybody with a neck. I mean, if you got a neck tattoo, that's fine. Just know that people don't trust you. You yeah. scare them. Yeah. Um, but he's got blonde hair. He just reminded me of Ichi, uh, of, um... Ta, um
0: yes. He reminded me of him, and that's from, who I had in my head. ichi's Ichi the Killer. Um, and what's, I mean, totally, totally off base, but, um... Real quick. Yeah. But my brother's text back was... You're watching Total Recall. <laughs> wow, he knew. <laughs> yeah, he knew. Just holy shit! That, are
1: you watching Total Recall? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I watched. Yeah, wow. it was. I laughed so hard. Like, he wow. just from that description, like he must have just watched it within. Like, I the last guess. Week.
0: I hope so. <laughs> I I have seen that movie. He's my brother's a
1: huge science fiction fan, and he loves the original Total Recall. So As he, do I. He definitely. It was around that time, so he definitely.
0: Okay, because I I did watch that movie, and I retained none of it that was the only thing i I remember remember. there are robots and brian cranston at the end kate beckinsale i believe yeah she is the sharon stone yeah she she roughs him up pretty good that was kind of cool it's really surreal too because my brother looks a hell of a lot like colin farrell so i was like oh shit my brother's getting his ass whipped by kate beckinsale (laughs) i could definitely see how your brother looks like keanu i could
1: i could see that no
0: like keanu a little bit colin farrell holy shit I think he looks more like Keanu. Uh, well, it's because he got the beard and the hair now. The beard and the hair, yeah. Before he used to have like that length. Of oh, hair. he did. And then when he was younger, he looked like Joseph Gordon Levitt. <laughs> and and I told you, I, could I told you, uh, I mean, uh, crumb holes, uh numbers, yeah, uh, the two of them, and ten, thing, ten things I hate about you. Uh huh. My brother had a best friend who looked just like him. <laughs> like <crumb holes. laughs> so it was like it was like no joke. They should have been them for Halloween.
1: Uh. Anyway, uh, yeah, real quick, um, Jake Johnson, um. David Krumholtz, Oscar Isaac. Make it happen. Make it happen. Go ahead. Brothers. Brothers. The motion picture. Do it. 2019. You have comedic timing out the ass out of just those three.
0: people, Just out of two of them. Just make it happen. Just. I want to see it. Do it. So, Sorry. our Yakuza roll up. Yes. And uh, we again, none of these characters have names. So, no. um, fun fact. I saw this movie for the first time when I was 13 years old. Okay. Um, this was one of the first DVDs I ever bought. I bought it from an import website um via a link i found on a web on a now defunct website called kung fu cult cinema yes. <laughs> um defunct you say <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure um uh, it's nowadays i now. use city on fire and film combat syndicate <laughs> <laughs> for all my martial arts films needs <laughs> but yeah kung fu cult cinema i uh I purchased this DVD, and then I was sad to discover that the region encoding was different from the DVD player that I owned at the time, which I didn't actually own because I only had a PS2. So I actually, oh. I actually dumped a bunch of money into a, a brand-new DVD player just so I could watch this fucking movie like six months after I bought it. Oh,
1: God. <laughs> That's when you had to save up for a DVD player? <laughs> yeah, I had to save quite a bit because it was also a
0: multi-region DVD player. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. But So, yeah, I saw this movie when I was thirteen and that's part of why it's so important to me okay. is because it hit me at just the right time when when the kind of stuff they're doing in this movie was the kind of stuff I was like dreaming of doing with my friends gotcha. like running out into the woods with a, a mini DV cam or an 8mm or something and just like sticking firecrackers under people's shirts <laughs> and, like calling that a squib and stuff I mean we did stuff akin to this but not on the scale but, Yeah. so it has, it has that indie vibe to it it has that enthusiasm to it though very much um So yeah, none of these characters have names, but um, when I first watched this movie with my friends in my friend's basement, (laughs) as you do, uh, we were like assigning nicknames to everyone. Gotcha. So Yakuza with the Knives, played by uh, Kenji Matsuda, Mm -hmm. who again, I say is the best part of the whole fucking movie. I have him written down Uh, as my favorite character. Oh, he's great. Absolutely. Um, Our nickname for him was Jack. Jack? Because we thought of Jack Nicholson in Batman okay because <laughs> nice. his color scheme and his just his like manic performance kind of made me think of him that makes sense
1: actually real quick uh um, yeah. you said that he's your favorite character he's absolutely my favorite character but there was a little something that i noticed about him that stuck out immediately what's that so whenever um talk is that how you say his name <laughs> the main character he's talking some shit and uh he ends up uh clocking the one dude um Jack gets very excited about it, and he loosens his tie, and we will we can talk about the scene, but the whole scene goes through, and the dude gets away, he straightens his tie back up as they're going to go find him, and I thought it was just a, just a little, it's a little detail
0: that I, I'm like, wow, that, that was... That's, that's an actor taking ownership of their role. I, I really liked that. No, and, and they have a good running gag of him slapping the little guy the yeah. throughout the whole movie. Yeah. But um, speaking of the little guy, our nickname for him was Ichiro, because Ichiro Suzuki was a big thing on the Mariners at the time. It was the year 2000. Um, (laughs) I was just thinking he was a little pipsqueak. He, He reminded me of. I was thinking, like. In the subtitles, they called him the runt. The runt. Yep. That's a good. One. The runt. I well, like. he's like a head shorter than everyone else in the cast, he's, and he's just bungling. He's just bumbling and worthless throughout you're, the whole movie. You reminded me of Benny from the movie. Yeah, just, actually, he's the Benny. In yeah. fact, we should just call him Benny. That's what I was. I, I <laughs> him, like you got the Benny guy. That's yeah.
1: What I think
0: there's always about. a Benny. And then we got uh, the glasses guy.
1: He looks like that kid from um, Little Miss. Sun- the guy from Little Miss Sunshine. There will be blood. Um, he looks like his character from The Girl Next Door cuz he wears big glasses in that movie and he's got the same haircut. Huh. Like the same like lo- uh
0: Harry from Dumb and Dumber haircut. <laughs> <laughs> he's got this same yeah. yeah. He has a very uh stylish way about him. He has it's a it's a very uh trope-y character where mm-hmm. it's like he's the uh he's the guy that has like the slick glasses and the Hair swooped off to the side. He comes across as very cold and yes. emotionless. Um, he and Jack have like a buddy-buddy relationship. They're really tight with each other. Very much. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. there was but,
1: a little bit with the editing where I thought maybe there's a little bit more to that, but that he doesn't really. He doesn't really. Yeah, explore I, it. I don't think. Fine. I don't
0: think it was meant to be explored. But the thing that you're supposed to take away from it is that if either one of them is threatened, they'll defend each other. Whereas yep. the other one is kind of questionable. Very much. Um, then we get the the. Biker guy, there's a Yakuza guy on a bike that uh, uh. <clears throat> has a revolver and a stupid looking vest. And uh, a Shang Tsung.
1: I was just thinking Shang Tsung at the end of Mortal Kombat. We were Shang's- calling him
0: Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jackson. That's, that's pretty good. Because imp- he's imp- fair-skinned and he's got, I don't know, similar bone structure. I guess. What's
1: uh, Shang Tsung's real name? Um, oh,
0: Kerry Hiroyuki Tanaka.
1: Yeah, he's wearing like a vest at the end of that and he's got a ponytail. Yeah, the,
0: the collar on his vest looks really stupid, though. Yeah. Like
1: It's just a bad costume.
0: And yeah. the costuming in this movie is actually pretty good for the most part, so it looks kind of weird. I actually really like... Uh, uh, Jack's suit. Like, oh yeah, it's it's very stylish. no. They they put that together really well. Very and well. some of the kimonos and the period sequences are pretty well put together too. Like in general, the costuming's good. Oh. But um, and I think the last member of the group is the actual leader who makes his exit immediately. Really
1: <laughs> so do the yakuza bury all their dead out here? Mm-hmm. Was that just a that was just poor planning on their part? They didn't realize that it was a portal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was okay. just poor planning that's what I, that's what I was thinking about. man, there's a lot of bodies popping up but that no, makes it, sense
0: because it's my understanding that the leader who I guess that's his name mm-hmm. uh, he's only in this movie for the next two minutes <laughs> um, the, the leader and uh, the actual villain of the film mm-hmm. the priest um, played by Hideo Sakaki um, the man yeah the man um, it's my understanding that he contracted them and they don't know him
1: I was thinking it was uh, I don't understand the yakuza very well, but I under from what I can gather, it seems like you have a head. You've got about 12 <coughs> big dudes, and then those 12 big dudes have another guy underneath them who has a team yeah. that I would assume that does all their stuff. I thought that the man
0: was that one
1: underling from one of the big guys.
0: See, I would have I would have thought that Except for none of the other characters show deference to him, yeah. which is a big no-no in, in any Japanese culture. <laughs> like, he, he brings, like, if someone's above you, you respect.
1: He brings along um, his band of a
0: couple of ladies, and then... No, they're they're actually with the Yakuza guys.
1: Oh, they are? Mm-hmm. See, that's why I thought that he was with... Uh... That, that's why I thought he was Yakuza that's why
0: uh, he may be it's again the storytelling is not the strong point here <laughs> it's no. more energy and, and visuals but they're
1: very afraid of him that was the thing is that our orders are to do this and yeah.
0: they're I mean, and, and yeah at least half of the group is very intent on following those orders yeah. like Michael Jackson for instance mm-hmm. or Shang Tsung, he's Shang, Tsung a, yeah. Shang Tsung is is uh in the flashback sequences in the feudal japan sequences he's shown to be fighting with bare hands and he's supposed to be like the honorable one among the group yeah and sure enough he's the one that when when things are starting to go tits up he's the one that wants to keep keep doing the mission uh which brings <laughs> us to the plot <laughs> uh. um some shenanigans happen when it's revealed that the yakuza brought a young lady with them mm-hmm. Um, who's wearing a Princess Leia getup, but with, yeah. like, gray pants. Uh, she, <laughs> she, she's wearing white. It's probably symbolic. Yeah, but uh. she's got this big old belt and, and like, a feather necklace and then gray pants. Gray pants. I'm guessing what happened was they wanted her to, like, have no pants. <laughs> but um, she probably got in the woods and was like, hey, you know, we're in the woods. I'm not going, I'm not wearing a fucking skirt in the woods <laughs> For, I, for like a month.
1: <laughs> I feel like I was watching this. I don't know if you've seen 30 Days Later. Um uh, No, I haven't seen any of them actually. Oh, wow. That's I mean, that's a to counter this zombie movie with another zombie movie. <laughs> with a God. better zombie movie. <laughs> ah, man. Um that might be up there. I already well, I already have what he's going to watch for next for the next episode, but that's up there. Jeez, I guess they're making a running list. <laughs> um but I feel like there's a I definitely know there's filters, but this was there a filter in the beginning of the film? Because I feel like there was a very similar filter for uh, twenty eight days later. Um, well, it, thirty days ar- later, twenty eight days later.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, around uh, around this time in film history, it's my understanding that uh, digital color grading mm-hmm. was very much becoming a thing. Uh, it's been well documented that like movies like The Matrix probably couldn't have been made without it. Mm-hmm. Like all those uh, Matrix scenes where everything has that green tinge to it. Mm-hmm. That's like it's color grading more so than filters and stuff gotcha. and this movie has a lot of that and they okay. do a lot of trippy stuff with it where it's it's done pretty well it's done very well it's tasteful and it's it's jarring in the right way you're um, absolutely right. so i man. wouldn't be surprised if you know they they were doing a nod to something because there's it's rampant throughout the whole movie like the color grading is not consistent but it's intentional uh,
1: i have I've written down the yakuza leader um the ne- the the, the main Yakuza leader has been shot, so now yeah, Jack... Yeah,
0: so some shenanigans happen because the girl shows up and Tuck doesn't like that no. Uh, for no real reason other than he just doesn't like it. Like, yeah. um, he and his buddy, who he escaped through the woods with, apparently are supposed to hook up with these Yakuza to help like escape with them. Yeah. But um, so some shenanigans happen. uh, tak, uh grabs hold of uh, Benny, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uses Benny's handgun to blast the Yakuza leader... Big big ol' blood explosion. He goes down like a sack of potatoes. Uh, We get a Mexican standoff because it's the year 2000. And throughout all of the 90s and the early 2000s, guns... If you had a gun, you had to point it at someone and have witty dialogue. Absolutely. (laughs) It's just what you did. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then during all the confusion, though, the Yakuza leader stands up. And everybody's kind of shocked by this. And he starts trying to choke people. And it turns out he's crazy fucking strong and all of his buddies start shooting him and it doesn't seem to be slowing him down and very conveniently talk shoots him like once and blows a big old hole through him and yeah. he goes down finally. Um,
1: Jack actually reminds me of Kakihara a little bit. A little bit. Um, there, I don't know if this is a, uh, maybe something in having to do with Yakuza or maybe just Japanese filmmaking. Um, it seems like he is not taking life seriously. Like, he, does not, he does not give a shit. He is just... I'm gonna die, and I'm gonna have the most twisted fun along the way. And I feel like Kakihara's character and Ichi the Killer was similar to this. like A little bit. Um, I feel like...
0: Less flamboyant with it, but... Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> that's yeah. a pretty high bar, but... um, I feel like... I mean, this is all assumption on my part. And this blind assumption is that The reason why that trope is so prevalent is because it's so distant from the Japanese social norms Mm -hmm. is a freewheeling, like free spirited character who's very exuberant with his emotions and his reactions to things like Japanese culture tends to favor subtlety. Mm -hmm. So being ultra flamboyant and devil may care about things is it's so taboo that like it makes the character stand out. Like radically, even more so than like in an American film or something. Well, just think of
1: what he's wearing. Uh, oh yeah, alone. he's
0: he's a he presents an image of an uptight like, like high society person. Yeah. But inside, he's batshit crazy. And <laughs> but the color scheme. So everybody else is pretty much just wearing black. Yeah. Everybody's wearing some. Yeah. Form. Very very plain clothes. And he has a little bit of color.
1: Yeah. Just he's the, got green.
0: <laughs> he's got green and as it He's got Rubble. like a he's got a multicolored tie. Yeah, he's got he's got a it's it, it, it you notice it it's very noticeable. Um, and he, yeah, and his hair is like styled and kind of has like a little bit of a wave through it, like it's kind of curled. He stands out. He definitely oh, stands yeah, out. Yeah, and the actors from Osaka and the accent that he has is is known to be a little rougher <laughs> than, than typical Japanese. Um, when they when they dub people from Osaka like kansai dialect, a lot of times. Uh, English voice actors will put on a southern accent oh really Um, I always thought of it more as like a Brooklyn kind of thing but Um, that's uh... my interpretation but it's pretty common to see someone put a twang on it Hmm. because it's more rough around the edges
1: whoever was doing the dub
0: he was hard to dub
1: uh, (laughs) for whoever was doing this because when I was watching it I'm like I I tried putting on subtitles (laughs) and then I'm like okay I'm just gonna have to watch the dub and then later what I did with the movie was I Muted it, put on the subtitles, and I put very distant because this was like a, a nine, like a, pretty much a nineties film. Yeah, um, I put on it's like some, filmed in the nineties. Yeah, like some electronic. <clears throat> I kind of put like a faint electronic music, like some kind of like ish kind of thing, just in the background, and it actually helped out a lot because <laughs> I I you couldn't put it up with. I, it? I can't stand the dubbing; it's so bad, it just drives me nuts. But I I I persevered. I trucked along. It was mostly at the end. That's when I did it, because I'm like, there's not going to be a lot of talking at the end. It's going to be a lot of, we'll get to some of the subtitles I have written down. (laughs) There's some really cool subtitles in here. (laughs) Um, But I figured, I'm like, this is going to be more about the action. There's not going to be a lot of talking. I'm like, I can probably just put on subtitles and have some music playing, and it'll be just as much fun.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned the the focus on action. Um, This movie is actually very long. It is long. It's it's over two hours, and it's a indie action, a very ambitious indie action movie. Um, that's another tenet of a uh, Kitamura's style. Mm-hmm. His ouvre <laughs> is a uh, excess. Mm-hmm. His movies almost universally tend to run long, and it's to a, it's to a fault. Like, well, each I, of the killer was a little longer than it probably needed to be. Well, that was made by a. a Vastly more talented filmmaker, yeah, but, um, but, but funny enough, a contemporary of Mr. Kitamura um, this Takashi Miike. You could trim some of the fat out of there. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, you absolutely could. But this Why movie, in particular, this movie in particular, there's a lot of slow dialogue scenes and a lot of slow motion that could have been trimmed, yeah. and even some of the action beats. Like part again, part of the charm of this movie for me is just the exuberance. Like mm. it feels like a youthful film that it's just. Let's do this. Like, let's do everything. Let's pretend this is the only movie we're ever going to make. Okay. In fact, I think this was financed by friends and family. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, like no joke. They did a great job, if that's how it, it They was. really did. Right. They, I mean, they had a lot of talent, and a lot, they put a lot of themselves into it. It turned out pretty fucking good, all things considered. But it has the, it has that feel to it to the point where it's, it's to a detriment, mm-hmm. where it's like, did we really need every single action beat in there? Because there are some that are stronger than others. And even some of the more fun parts of the movie, it's like, did that really need to be in there? Because, like, for instance, the zombies, mm-hmm. when we get to the zombie action, and there's quite a bit of it, mm-hmm. so much of the staging of those scenes feels like they got the actors together, they had them chat with the choreographer, and they did everything. They went, they did everything that came to mind. It's like, so we have this shambling corpse, What can we do to him? It's like, well, I can hit him with this knife. It's like, oh, well, I can shoot him in the eyes. Or, oh, I can, like, snap his head off. Or, oh, I can kick his head off. And they filmed all that. And they insisted on putting it all in. (laughs) Putting it all in. Whereas, you know, a, a more structured production, they probably would have cut things out. But in this case, it's just like, it's so much fun. We should just put it all in there. See, I think we could have cut a majority of Benny's
1: scenes out. Uh, oh, yeah. No, absolutely. He, he's
0: mostly worthless, and they cut back to him a
1: lot. They cut back to him a lot. A lot. <laughs> and, like, he's doing nothing for the story. Um, you could have cut out most of them just kind of. A lot of them just bumping into each other in the well, woods. And
0: there's like endless conversations between talk and the girl that yeah. just drag on and on and on and on you can pretty much And just, she's not a very good actress either. <laughs> you can kinda of just kinda of skip through Yeah, that. you really can. If they had a chapter skip button, they should definitely like isolate her their conversation scenes and just cut around <laughs> You could trim this down to ninety minutes easily. 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 It's it's not
1: even hard to do. No. Um, but yeah, so they all split up and yeah everyone flees into the woods uh, one of my another one of my favorite scenes is where uh, yakuza leader Jack mm-hmm. um, he's standing out there and he's basically t- telling them that they need to spread out and he just and he, he does it's hard to it's hard to do but just put put your fingers up in the air like they're guns with like two fingers and your thumbs put them straight up in the air uh, arms at a 90 degree angle and then just extend out real quick and that's what he does, just
0: poof. Oh, we've we've skipped one of my favorite moments of his. What's that? So, before everyone flees off into the woods, what Kyle described is fucking brilliant, by it's the really way. It's really good. You really need to see it. The camera work and his acting are just beautiful. Um, no words spoken, too. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, he just yeah. strikes a pose, and everybody just knows what he's up. Tell, me. That's um, good. Before that, though, one of my favorite things he does in the whole movie, and there's a lot of them, uh, so the Yakuza leader has already gone down. Yeah. So he he was zombified. He attacked them, with Tox help. They killed him. Jack is like looking down at the corpse, and he he like actually like strokes his hand across his chin, and his eyebrows are like creased. And he's like thinking. Mm-hmm. And then he takes his gun, and he he just cocks his wrist. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't hold the gun like you would hold a gun. He just looks to his left and he just points the gun very casually at a tox convict buddy. He mm-hmm. just caps him in the head. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, huh. yeah, no words spoken. He just he's just, just kind of like I you can you can see it all on his face. He's like thinking, he's like, "Well, that corpse just stood up. Is it going to happen again? Let's find out." Bam. Bam. Yeah. Bam and it's beautiful yeah. and then sure enough the body stands up and it's like experiment you should have been a scientist no uh, I mean that's really good visual storytelling because yeah. right right there it solves the riddle where it's like okay if people die they're gonna come back now now the rules are starting to come into play we understand now um, there is actually one line when we meet Bulk and Skull uh, oh, yeah this is much later in the movie uh, where I'm actually kind of glad
1: that I had the dub on instead of uh, subtitles because I most likely would have missed it oh um, where he says, "This is the character Vulcan uh, Skull." Well, I mean, we could probably get into Vulcan Skull because right now they're like they're all kind of just yep. running wild in the woods. Bul-
0: Vulcan Skull do show up much later in the movie. Mm-hmm. They're more relegated to like the last third of it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we may they're as well introduce. It. They're
1: introduced, but they don't come back until yeah. much, much later. They're they're introduced in the beginning, but they they come back way, way, way later because uh, they're introduced before the heart rip. Um, oh okay. Um, they were introduced to them. It's two guys. They're not cops, but they were transporting prisoners, for what I understand. I
0: think they are supposed to
1: be cops. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> like, really bad cops. But the one is missing his hand, and that was the hand that um, uh, Toc, I believe, had in his other handcuff. And The one guy with the suit I call uh, Steven Seagull. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Because he... uh, If you've ever watched Tom Segura's stand-up, he's very, very funny, but he talks about how Steven Seagal is losing his mind, and uh, one of the things that makes him really annoying is that he's an expert in everything. 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 Computer Um, hacking. Yeah. Cooking. And if you've ever seen a Steven Seagull movie, this translates to his characters. Mm -hmm. Um, But he says... Of course, I know how to track him. He's like, I was... Born, I was raised in Yellowstone National Park in Canada. <laughs> said I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? And I'm like, okay, that was dumb. Like, at first I was like, maybe that was just bad writing. Like, they don't realize that Yellowstone's not there. But okay, anyway. Uh, but it definitely comes back. No,
0: no, he. Uh, that's his character. Yeah, uh, he's a blowhard. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that's actually accurate to the Japanese version. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. and what's funny is like almost all the references he makes are to American things. And so yeah. he's he's actually saying the English words, and you can tell the other guy just can't argue it because he doesn't actually know yeah, if he's can, right no. or not. Because he's no like, internet. I don't know what that is. Like, I don't know what Yellowstone. Is. There's no, there's no. I, it's like Mike Tyson. What? Cool.
1: <laughs> cool. Um, I can't stress enough how much I like the practical practical effects in
0: this. I think it was really fun. Oh, well, they couldn't afford CGI. <laughs> well, no, no, but
1: it's done well. I think. Yeah, it no, is.
0: there's there's a lot of bar- body parts, exploding heads. A lot of prosthetics wow. uh, a lot of blood flying around it's it's a grand old time
1: <laughs> holes in people's where their heart was <laughs> yeah
0: um so the action choreography in this movie is done by yuji chimamura who funny enough is probably more successful than the director now um he's kind of like one of the most prestigious uh martial arts choreographers in Japan right now in fact he's worked outside of Japan a few times
1: I do have a favorite fight that I've written down but also There are some really good shots of the zombies Um,
0: Yeah, when they're all coming out of the ground It's actually a well-done sequence they're coming out of the
1: ground and there's a really there's a really good shot And I'd say if you were gonna have a poster. I think this would be the shot of it Really? Um, They're they're looking up at the hill and it's a quick shot. Uh, Was it with the mist? There's a little bit of mist, and yeah. they're stand like they're they're kind of walking down the hill, mm-hmm. and it's a re- like you can tell that these are zombies, and that they're coming down the hill, and it's it's just a really nice quick shot mm-hmm. of them coming down the hill a little bit. And I'm like that was really good, and they have some really good shots, though, especially the angles that they have on these guys. Is,
0: well, what's fun about the zombies in this movie, and this also leads into the choreography as well, is um, the zombies are not a legitimate threat for the most part. No. Um, they're just kind of an excuse for a fun action scene. Mm-hmm. And like I said about the, the style of presentation in this movie, it kind of feels like they got together their, their band of stunt players and, and put them in makeup and then had all the actors just do shit to them Yeah, for like a whole day. <laughs> and so everything that came to mind, like especially Jack's scenes during, during the zombie ambush sequence, mm-hmm. he is not even pretending that they're a threat. No. Like there's one part where he has his foot posted up on a tree and he's like, He has his gun, like, resting on his kneecap, and he's just, like, barely aiming, and it's just slowly walking towards him, and he, like, blows out its eyeballs just for fun. And then he keeps trying to get his knife action in there, and keeps getting interrupted. Yeah. It's beautiful. (laughs) He does not care
1: about his own life. Uh, He's just there for fun. Yeah, no, he's,
0: he's, he's portrayed as a bit of a sadist. Yeah. Like, like, Kakihara. Yeah
1: oh he's cut he cuts up the one dude yeah he's definitely a little twisted yeah no
0: he, i mean there's a reason he keeps whipping out the knife every chance he gets but um around this time though uh, we get a one-on-one fight between talk and uh shang song yes <laughs> um this is where we learn that shang song is the honorable member of the group because yeah. he has talk at gunpoint and he tosses his gun away and we have our uh, hand-to-hand classic hand-to-hand fight which um Talk's character is supposed to be like an anti-hero throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Um, we get a fun little beat where uh, Shang Tsung throws his gun away and then rushes Talk, But then Tuck just puts his gun right in front of his face. He throws it away, but we get that moment where he's like, gotcha. <laughs> and uh, this also begins the running gag where every time he has to do something violent, he knocks out the girl. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of cute.
1: Yeah, he does not like her. Like, he saves her, but begrudgingly. Oh, when
0: she falls down and he's, he sticks out his hand?
1: Jeez, he does not like her. He's telling her to sh- shut up. Just shut up. Yeah,
0: he, he's just kind of. Well, he even confesses that I didn't save you. I just kind of like acted in the moment and you came with me. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, what a dick. But, it, I mean, his arc is supposed to be that he he warms up to the idea of being a good guy. Kinda. Yeah. <laughs> he never really gets full good guy, but he gets close to it. But yeah, they, they have a scuffle in the woods. It's a decently choreographed scene. Um. Tak Sakaguchi is supposed to be apparently like a street fighter or something. Like, supposedly he met the director in a street fight. Like, just the director was passing by and there was a brawl happening in the street. And he said, you're atypically handsome for a guy who throws down in the streets. Damn. And... Yeah, he parlayed it into a decent acting career, and actually, I have his latest and maybe maybe last film on my shelf, but I can't watch it because it's a foreign region. Oh. It's called Reborn, and well, it reunites him with the choreographer of this film.
1: Note, uh, note if you're a, a, a handsome person who is really good at beating ass, uh, do so in the streets of L.A. and uh,
0: maybe. <laughs> Maybe just, someone will yeah, see you just, just keep throwing punches. Eventually you'll get discovered. <laughs> Streets of LA, maybe uh, Tokyo. Just see what happens. Well, I, I would think it's a little easier to do in Japan where it probably doesn't happen as often. <laughs> Um, I really like the riverbed fight choreography. I think that's, that's probably my favorite. You liked that? I liked it. It was fun. Are you Hang on. Are you talking about the... the Red hair. The, really? You yeah. like
1: that? I liked that. I thought that was the worst scene in the movie. Yeah,
0: see, that was fun. That I was, thought that was the worst scene in the entire movie. That was the worst scene in the whole movie. Well, okay. Maybe the stuff with the girl was worse. But okay. in terms of action, I thought that was the worst. Because I, the undercranking, the, the sped up yeah. element... Was out of control. <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, I could actually see what was happening. Cause oh, okay.
1: That's that's kind of what I liked. I'm like, oh, I can actually see what's happening in this. Well, one.
0: I feel like I was a little embarrassed for the red-haired guy, to be honest, um, because they undercranked that scene so much that it makes me think that maybe he didn't have the dexterity or Probably agility not. to do the choreography the way they wanted it. So it's like the editor betraying the actor. (laughs) It's like, fuck your performance. It looks like he could have been in a Blade movie for some reason. Well, I'm guessing he was like a breakdancer or something. Um, But yeah, uh, the red-haired guy is one of the super zombies. Yeah. Because this movie has super zombies. Um, So in the beginning of the movie, we have our first group of Yakuza. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're, on the whole, infinitely more interesting. Yeah. That's just yeah. my opinion. Maybe because I've seen the first half of this movie much more than I've seen well, the second half. Well, yeah,
1: begrudgingly, Benny is in there way more than he should be.
0: Well, but... it, I think it pays off at the end, though. His, his interaction with, the, with Bulk and Skull is hilarious. Oh, Like, I love that scene where, where he steals the, the rifle and runs off into the woods. Yeah. But, um, so, partway into this movie. Um, at this point, talk is thrown down with Shang Tsung um he accidentally runs across Jack glasses guy and uh Benny mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh Jack has been itching to get at talk this like the entire movie yeah. <laughs> so they have a little throwdown um Jack gets some fun knife moves in there they uh it's mostly a fist fight but with Jack having two knives it's a decent little scuffle mm-hmm. and then through some shenanigans talk escapes uh Shangsung gets uh Fucked up by Jack. Yeah, Jack cuts him up. It's yeah, it, real mean. Basically, the idea is um, Tuck escapes, and uh, Shang Tsung still wants to complete the mission because yeah. he's supposed to get both Tuck and the girl alive. Yes. Jack just wants them both dead. Right? <laughs> and Jack disagrees with him to the extent that he puts bullets in his back and cuts up his face pretty good. Glasses shoots him, and then, yeah, he cuts yeah, up his Glasses face. Glasses shoots him. And he, it doesn't kill him because he's like, I want you to die slowly so you don't turn into one of these things. Exactly. Yeah. Which is kind of a fun line. Um, At this point, I think that's when uh, Benny accidentally shoots Glasses. Yeah. Which causes a rift in the group. where So Benny takes off on his own. Glasses and Jack are together. Song's dying. Yeah. And talking to the girl. So we get... Um, which introduces us to the main villain of the
1: film. So this is what I wanted to ask about the filters now. Yeah. Um... Because I'm like, okay, there's definitely some kind of filter or did, what digital? Would you call it? Color grading. Color grading. Um, so color, color correction. Color grading. So when we're introduced to the man, it turns to a blue filter. Mm-hmm. It's a very, it's very explicitly a blue filter. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, so what? What are we using this filter for? Um, because we definitely later use a red or some kind of orange filter orange, yeah. um, twice, two times and for the end scene, which is I really liked that filter on there um, also the longest sword fight in cinema history. <laughs> uh, I mean, my god I looked at it, I'm just kind of just looking like, oh, oh that's ten, minute- ten minutes later we're still fighting with swords <laughs> like, goddamn. damn um, yeah, so what is the significance of the blue filter?
0: um I think it's supposed to convey that he is otherworldly because okay. he's very clearly supernatural to some yes, extent. Like yes. he does, sees things other people can't see, does things other people can't do. Yeah. He, he drank from the, he drank from Egg Shen's bottle or whatever. <laughs> it's just, it's just, yeah. Um, yeah. So the man uh, played by Hideo Sakaki, um, he and Taks- Sakaguchi have both worked with a, uh, or is it talk Matsumoto? And um, the two of them, you were it, asking the wrong <laughs> person. The two of them have worked together um, with this director oh, often. Okay. Um, his second movie, or so he's second. like Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi, or Ted Raimi. Well, again, this is where the, the Tarantino thing starts to get in your head a little bit where yeah. it's like, hey, he has his, his typical players, I'll have mine. Kevin I Smith, I'll Scorsese, have yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, that's what the good American directors do. All good contemporary American directors do I'll do that too um so yeah these two actors the the lead and the villain um, there's a movie called alive that's on my shelf I think it was his second movie that uh they they cast the same two people but they reversed it
1: I keep seeing that movie when I walk over here for those of you who don't know uh, Trevor has an extensive uh, <laughs> Ex- an extensive collection of name tags and hair nuts um, <laughs> <laughs> he has an extensive collection
0: of blu-rays and dvds spatula city and I keep seeing
1: a live over here when I walk I just walk over
0: it has a distinctive font so it's easy to pick out so yeah I don't mean to ask you about that Yeah, yeah um, that's an example of him kind of trying the same shit twice nope. or uh, the end of that movie is the two of them going at it except for Tak is now the villain and Hideo Sakaki is now the protagonist <laughs> Why do directors keep using same same actors? Comfort, probably. Just If you can anticipate someone and you know their rhythms, it's a lot easier to get shit done. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, he's worked with these two quite a bit. In fact, uh, Hideo Sakaki is also an azumi in a small role, as is uh, the guy who plays Benny. Oh, okay. plays a monkey ninja. <laughs> he looks like a monkey ninja. <laughs> he does look like a monkey ninja. He's, a, he's yeah. But yeah, um, our villain, the man, I guess. Uh, he's got big poofy... Big poofy, like wavy hair and a and a
1: goatee. He looks like another Japanese actor that I don't. I he, can't think of who it
0: he is. He looks kind of like the guy who plays Kakihara. Yeah,
1: I, <laughs> I, I kind of thought it was him for a minute, but I'm like it's not. He's it, he looks a little different, but yeah, he looks like another actor. Yeah, that I've no, seen.
0: It, it's a it was a stylish look at the time. Mm. <laughs> um, he shows up, and at the same time, we get introduced to the second group of yakuza. It's there's a. Pretty fine lady. <laughs> yeah, she, she fine? Uh, a less, red, red-haired guy. Uh, less fine lady. A less fine <laughs> lady. That's the best way to do it. A less fine lady. And is there anyone else in there? For objectifying women, yes. That's, that's pretty much it. I'm yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, yeah, that's it. I think okay. that's all of them. So yeah, they roll up, and they're all with Jack. Mm-hmm. And the man is kind of swinging his dick at this point, and mm. there's a disagreement. So all of these people come at him all at once, and he... Shows some supernatural moves that put him at an entirely different level than these people. So, like, he does things like catches bullets and uh, hits the less fine lady so hard that she gets pulled away by a wire rig. Yes, (laughs) Yes, she does. A conveniently placed wire rig. Who put that there? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, at the end of the scuffle, I think he killed everyone. Um, he killed all the yakuza, so all the characters we've come to know up to this point, except for Benny, who's not present. Um, but he's
1: killed them in the supernatural realm. The he's killed them in the blue filter. Yeah, he's killed them in the blue filter. <laughs> in, the supernatural realm. in
0: the in the forest of resurrection. Yes. Um, he does a pretty cool thing to uh, Jack that actually reminded me of Pumpkinhead. Oh, you remember Pumpkinhead? I I do remember watching. I don't you remember the best death in Pumpkinhead. Involves a rifle that doesn't get fired. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. Okay, the best death in Pumpkinhead, if you ask me, is uh, there's the guy with the leather jacket, so you know yeah, he's a bad boy. The he's, dickhead. Yeah, yeah, the dickhead who the, ran over the kid. The kid, yeah, <laughs> the guy
1: who kills the kid is a we're not calling yeah, the cops. The so. guy who
0: ran over Jacob Lip, Lipnicki or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Pumpkinhead comes at this guy and he knocks him on his back and he's just laying on the ground and Pumpkinhead took his rifle from him and he's pointing at him and instead of firing it, he just Jabs it into his stomach yeah. and like hoists him up off the ground and impales yeah. him on the rifle. I do remember that now. Um, so the man does this to Jack, except he he embraces him in that weird villainous way where it's like, "What are you doing? Why are yeah, you hugging me right hugging. now?" This is not gonna And he me. Uh, puts two fingers inside of his chest, just like stick. Just puts a new hole right in his chest, and then lifts him up off the ground on again wire assisted. <laughs> I wonder if he saw Pumpkin hand He's like, no, I'm not going to use a gun. I'm just going to use two fingers.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: It's like that uh, Casino Royale line. <laughs> it's like, it's because you know what I can do with my one finger. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Jack has a hole in his chest. Yeah. And uh, all the other Yakuza... Accept- oh, uh, less fine lady. She got knocked into tomorrow. She's yeah. not dead, though. She just flew a mile away. <laughs>
1: it's so weird how these characters keep, like
0: they keep just coming
1: back it just doesn't make any sense and they just keep coming back and like like I'm trying to make the, the what I'm trying to say with my hands they just keep like bumping into each other
0: yeah it has that rhythm to it where just a scene begins and people run into the frame yeah they're like where the fuck did you
1: come from like, where the fuck did you come from are we
0: what are we doing here? Well, that's the benefit of filming in the woods. Is yeah. that the woods just looks like the woods? There's no sense of rhyme or reason to it. It's, it's a almost, maze. It almost entirely in the woods. Almost entirely in the woods, which are probably cheap to film in. <laughs> Very. <bad. laughs> um. So at this point, uh, oh yeah, and he has a. Uh, the man has a, of course, because she's a fine lady. Um, he has a. Kind of vampire moment with her. Yeah, he does. This thankfully doesn't go any further than. Yeah, I
1: was like, where is this going? Yeah, it was like, this is a low
0: budget movie. Your brother already had me watch The Dark Path. I
1: don't (laughs) know where this is going. It's like,
0: this this could get really weird, but no, thankfully he just bites her neck and turns her into a zombie lady. Um, I do like where Jack's character goes from here. Just
1: all around, his character is great throughout the
0: movie. he's, He's a He's a delight every time he's on camera. He's
1: also another instance of where I could see this uh, being an anime um, because of how his character is.
0: Think Ninja Scroll while you're watching this. all I could think about was Ninja Scroll. Yeah.
1: Which is awesome.
0: No, it's creative characters that aren't meant to present any real depth. Mm -hmm. They're just there to serve a purpose. That's all I need. And Jack is just there to be (laughs) entertained.
1: Bulk and Skull um, definitely show back up
0: um i had my, my notes here, yeah so bulk and skull are they they jack a car at one point yeah, so real
1: quick <laughs> bulk and skull if you are not familiar with the two dipshits from uh the power rangers the uh the original um american series yeah. um who the fact is basically guy,
0: skinny f- skinny funny guy and fat funny guy yeah fat, they're funny both guy, buffoons who are the like, abbott and costello c- combined
1: basically. iq of a shoebox um, <laughs> and uh that's all i can think of these two guys because so this guy, uh, Steven Seagal suit, mm-hmm. um, he is a master tracker, master of all the martial arts, uh, as he said. And he was a top breeder, and he, so he has a
0: great sense of smell. He also has reflexes that are like 500 times faster than Mike Tyson.
1: <laughs> it's so funny. It's, hey, my reflexes are five times f- better than Mike Tyson. They well, funny
0: enough, Steven Seagal has now shared the screen with Mike Tyson. Oh, jeez. Um, in China Salesman, which came out like last year.
1: I feel like we should we should definitely do something with Steven Seagal movies. I don't know what to do with it, but there's there's something we can do with the Steven. I,
0: Seagal. I think we'll like pass out trying to do that. Like like
1: it might take forty eight hours. I think we might be able to just bring our favorite Steven Seagal movie to the table and just and just discuss it. Because I mean, what's it going to be on Deadly Ground? I, mean. I think I would say Under Siege is the best movie, but his best movie. I mean, as far as entertainment, yeah, On, on Deadly Ground, ground is so much Yeah, fun. nothing so can top that. stupid. <laughs> the <laughs> feather <to> the <laughs> He passes up. <laughs> he him. just passes Oh, yeah, And he, he
0: gets in a wrestling match oh with my. the bear. It's And great. Michael Kane has Just for Men all over his head. It's
1: amazing how many bad movies he's put out. Michael Kane. You would think because of how he talks and like the movies that he's been in, like he's a, he's a distinguished actor. He's yeah. put out a
0: lot of shit. No, he's put out a lot of. He's garbage. like the he's like the British Nick Cage. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a... probably got islands or something to pay off. You know. Jeez, oh, I have seen Jaws the Re- the Revenge. I can't wait to see. Him. I don't. I'm convinced he was just in the Bahamas when they were filming that. And was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Are you <laughs> sure he wasn't just in Rio, maybe? They, they yeah, maybe at the same time. Like it He was connecting do- flight. He was to doing Rio. Blame It on Rio, and he was just like, oh, shit. Like, I gotta wash the stank off of me. <laughs> I feel dirty after this. I'm gonna go play with this rubber shark. I saw that miner. I, I saw her naked. <laughs> he made
1: I, did, me, I did not like it. He made, he made me look at it. Um, That went Australian. Anyway, so... I, there's a little something confusing about this, so oh. the blue filter, you, you you kind of cleared that up, was we are uh, being shown
0: he is... Uh, other Otherworldly. Otherworldly. Because they also use the orange one when he's doing stuff too.
1: Exactly. So the orange filter, the girl is not allowed. She's not allowed where the orange filter is. So what is the significance of the orange filter?
0: Mm, I felt like that was supposed to... I felt like that was more utilitarian because um, the the blue one communicates like coldness and strangeness. yeah, orange, it's a it up to that point in the movie, it's a foreign texture. yeah, like we've never seen that look throughout the movie up to no. that point. And it also um, is meant to represent a change in location. yes, because he does transport him and talk far away from where she is. And I think having that color transition, uh, communicates it to the audience a little more clearly that okay. we're in a different place than okay. she is. That makes because sense. we do cut back to her and the color grading's different yeah, in that scene. It is. So I feel like that was more just to, just like solving a math equation where it's like, how can we communicate this very quickly and easily to the audience that this is in a different place?
1: Well, this is kind of where he's showing them, like, we have
0: a feud that stretches back a really long time. Yeah. So this is where we get an exposition dump. Mm. Where it's communicated to talk who Exposition dump.
1: I mean, it <laughs> really takes him a while to explain this.
0: Yeah, it, the pace of his speech is very slow. And, he, like, just spit yeah. it out. And it's across, like, three different scenes, too. It's, it's not, three different se- yeah. This is what Kyle was saying when you could cut a half hour from this movie easily. Yeah, this could be a if tight. Not, if not 45 minutes. You could make this a tight 90.
1: <laughs> easily. And... It was kind of hard to pay attention to some of these people I'm like, okay. No,
0: anytime they're anytime they're talking and Jack's not on the screen, it's a little laborious. I actually <laughs> kind of just
1: didn't pay attention that much when they're talking, because I'm like, I know what I'm supposed to be watching this for at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know what I'm, I'm supposed to be watching the fights. I'm supposed to be watching the makeup effects. I'm assuming that's why he recommended this.
0: Oh, yeah. All that is immensely creative. Yeah. In fact, the, the... And the shots. The shots are really good, but you don't need the shots for the dialogue. Even, even like, the plot is kind of clever, but... The way it's it delivered some, is it, it is summed it's a, up. It's yeah. a really fun concept, but the delivery of
1: it's really sloppy. Yes, full circle. It is a good. it, it is a good. It's concept. a fun idea. And I think if you knock about thirty minutes out of this, you could have done it well. Mm-hmm. Like you could have for an independent film, yeah. especially.
0: Um, but yeah, I, No, it's it's a very kitchen sink approach to storytelling. And it just <laughs> kind of felt like maybe that. It felt like Ed Wood's disease, where it's like. These these actors at this point, I'm guessing, were his friends. Yeah. <laughs> and watching Hideo Sakaki go on drone on and on about portals and and fate and destiny, oh. it probably was just like the director just being like, "Go on, <laughs> like He's just going. yeah, just like." Have oh. your have your moment, buddy. Man, is, we're gonna we're both gonna get rich off this, bud. Because I've seen
1: Kung Pao enter the fist, <laughs> and because I had to watch this with the dubs, I was waiting for the chosen one. But because the the Japanese lady in here, I was waiting for the <laughs> <laughs> chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> um, because the, per- the, the person they have doing the dubbing for her, I'm like, she's going to
0: do it. I'm Aye. just waiting for it. No, her, her performance is problematic throughout the whole movie. Because so, nearly all of the characters in this movie, again, they don't have names. Mm-hmm. And Japanese, like mainstream Japanese storytelling anyways, like heavily based in tropes. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like the kind of thing where as soon as you see the way a character moves or a way a character talks... You can pick out who that person is without mm. knowing anything about them. And she's playing a role. Yeah. Like, a time-tested role. It's like the ultra-innocent, like, yeah. waif. The, the yeah. innocent princess, basically. But she's just not doing it very well. We've all seen it a million times. A uh, Colombian lady and Predator. Uh, she's just pretty much along for the ride. Well, but at least she has some teeth to her, you know? Yeah. This lady is just there to... I mean, she even trips... Mm. Yeah. She even trips in the woods. Yeah, she like does. she falls down and he has to like pick her up. Yeah. it's like it's a cultural difference. I get it. The the innocent defenseless woman is attractive to some people. Um she's doing it. She like she's playing it as it, as it's intended. Mm-hmm. She's not doing it very well. There's no. c- there's certain You have one job. Yeah, you have one job. You one fucked job. it up. <laughs> there's just like certain facial mannerisms and a tone that you're expected to assume Mm -hmm. like any i could probably play this role better than her because i've seen it a million times i'd love to see you in a wig playing this role i I probably could do this better than her because i i know what is expected i i can get inside that pervy japanese brain (laughs) and know exactly what's supposed to be there that's why i think that she was meant to not have pants Jeez, but she probably insisted on the pants because they're in the fucking woods because those pants look really out of place Yeah, it is. is, Yeah, they are a little out of place. This is
1: a weird gray pants and like this white dress. Um, but we're in the red filter, and I have written down. Goddamn, I was not expecting that. Um, where he
0: is it the backhand uh, talk? No, no, no. He chops her fucking head off. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, so you're talking about a a separate scene. So during the uh, the orange zone, yeah. Um, during the red filter scene, um, the man tells talk basically he lays out the plot yeah basically explains this is the forest of resurrection i need her blood uh i'm trying to open up the gates to hell yeah and talk is very evasive and doesn't give a shit he could not give a fuck it's less. actually kind of charming how little uh, how how he gives zero fucks about he, any of this he's
1: actually more steven Seagal that i think about it because he's giving little to no effort and he's doing really well he does not give a
0: fuck yeah it's kind of fun how his character remains on the outside of of this argument for the entirety until the very end
1: but we found at the end yes we can we kind of figure out yeah. why he's like that yeah
0: but um so during this sequence, um, they get into a scuffle, and the man overpowers him completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, they do a cute little editing trick where he knocks Talk out of the frame, and then the next cut, Talk is stumbling backwards, and the man is behind him, and he like pushes him back and forth between uh-huh. himself it's just a cute little editing technique. So he's like Aramac and uh, Mortal yeah, Kombat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like Scorpion or Mac. He's doing teleports. That's fucking so much fun. He's doing the teleport punch. Gotcha. And it's really cute because it's it costs zero money to pull off that effect. Yeah. But you get the sense Through sound effects and clever editing, you know what it's supposed to represent. Oh, it's a penny pinch production. <laughs> yeah. Um, the way this scuffle ends, though, is... Uh, it's actually a really neat handgun trick. It's kind of cool. Um... <laughs> Tak pulls a gun on the man, and they're both standing on a cliffside. Mm-hmm. And in one just fluid motion, very John Wick slash Tom Cruise on a good day, <laughs> um, the man just snaps the handgun out of his hands and uh, puts it back in Tak's face and shoots him in the eye. Right. And, he, him. and uh, he falls off the cliff, and then we get a callback to the prologue, the, uh, the feudal Japan sequence. Yes, yes. And it's revealed that the man with the brimmed cap that we saw at the end of that sequence was Tuck. is Tuck. Yeah, And the priest, the evil priest, is the man. Yeah. So, And then we get, the camera pulls back and we see that there's many other people standing around them who are all working for the priest. Yeah. And as it turns out, they're played by all the, the same Yakuza, actors, yes. all the same Yakuza actors, all dressed up like, in the equivalent of their, their modern-day uniform, but in feudal wear.
1: It's bedazzled, where in each one of his wishes, it's the <laughs> yeah, same character. it is bedazzled. Yeah, each of the characters playing uh, but, different. Yeah. But where is Raul? Raul. <laughs> Actually, yeah. that was the only three of the Rauls in. I've That's right. That. I've That's seen right.
0: that movie a lot. That's I've my been. favorite part of that movie, though. Really, the Raul? Oh, where's- gosh. When Yeah, when she's talking about her English lessons with Raul.
1: I think the funniest one where he's the uh, very in, highly intelligent, well-endowed... Uh, <laughs> that was a The re- reveal of that was very much <laughs> it was of its so time,
0: but very, very, very funny. Very
1: funny, but yes, very much of its <laughs> the time. The basketball
0: player scene was pretty good. Oh my god, I forgot about the basketball the player. 110%. Yeah. 110%, man. Gotta give 110%. play one game at a time. He's gotta play one game at a time. <laughs> <laughs> In his sweat, oh yeah, <laughs> he's it's doing totally... the Patrick Ewing sweat. It's great, um, but yeah, uh, we get to see Jack in uh, the equivalent of like feudal Japanese, like medieval armor, mm-hmm. and his he has like almost like kabuki style makeup, and and then we get to see uh, Shang Tsung. He's he doesn't have a weapon; he's fighting hand to hand. So you can see that everyone has an equivalent in like I think five hundred years ago, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then this sequence ends with what Kyle mentioned.
1: I actually, real quick, I would kind of like to see what he could do with a feudal Japan plot. Has he done that before? Azumi. Okay. Is it pretty good or?
0: Yeah, I a- think it's actually maybe his best movie.
1: I was gonna say they hit the, like the costumes are legit. Like this isn't
0: like just a little thrown no, off thing. Az- like. Azumi is like a throwback to like nineteen seventies Japanese like like trashy Japanese like oh, feudal okay. feudal Japanese movies. Um. The finale of it's like pretty solid, like a hundred on one fight. That's kind of fucking cool. Okay. Um, I think Jack is in there too. Um, okay. But Hideo Sakaki and uh, Benny are both in there too. But it's it's like a ninja samurai movie. It's a lot of fun. Still, pretty, pretty violent too. Still really want to see Kajimusha. <laughs> Well, that's not so much an action movie. I know it's not. It's high. I told you that's like ultra highbrow. It's high <laughs> cinema. Yeah, you need some wine for that one. <laughs> I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch the other one. I bought with
1: some wine. I just need to be able to watch it. Goddamn it! I don't have a Blu-ray <laughs> player where I'm staying right now. Last for me. Um, so yes, uh, he, he. So in this
0: situation, yeah. um, by the way, I'm not sure if you noticed, but I think Tuck has is missing an arm. I did not notice that. He's got a stump.
1: But yes, so he.
0: It looks like he's about to attack because he's like pretty much surrounded. And they do some good visual storytelling here with his facial acting. Yes. Where you can tell he's like... Olivia Munn. Facial acting. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> Jesus.
1: Um, <laughs> I digress. Uh, but yes, and I,
0: this one I wrote down, uh, God damn, I was not expecting that. He turns and chops off the girl's head. So which... they give each other the high sign and it's understood that He's surrounded right now. He's missing an arm. Um, He decides to lop her head off to prevent the priest from getting her blood or whatever he needs. Um, Real quick. Uh,
1: Hats off to this director. We have almost every form
0: of dismemberment and death that you can imagine. Yeah, we get eviscerations. We get delimmings. We get several decapitations. We get head explosions. Uh, Heart rips. Heart heart rips. Heart punch throughs. Uh, oh we actually it's a stomach punch
1: through a heart rip and he takes a bite of the heart looked like a real heart
0: well, I think it was
1: uh, yeah. it's he probably went, cheaper What method <laughs> on that it probably was cheaper actually I'm sure um, yeah but they go all out there was a few scenes where um, I think it's talk
0: is slicing <laughs> up somebody and they're just in pieces yeah um, glasses gets that yeah
1: um, but yeah he chops off her head another decapitation who else gets deca- somebody else gets decapitated depacketated um. depacketated <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's from Slam and Salmon depacketated so slam and salmon is a uh, it's um uh god damn it A Broken Lizard the guy's the oh, Super okay. Troopers gotcha. um, it's not very good but Michael Clark Duncan is in it he's awesome he's the he's okay. so fucking funny it, it's actually worth watching just to see him because he is hilarious in that okay. but he says depacketate because he's kind of an idiot in the movie <laughs> That's He's pretty a, fantastic he's an old boxer who has a restaurant oh, 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 yeah. oh there, there you like, go he's like yeah, depacketate <laughs> him <laughs> they keep trying to correct him and he's a dick he's <laughs> not having it <laughs> they're really funny in that but um, oh, oh, Olivia Munn is actually in that oh. um but yeah, uh, so the, the the oh the the um the very last she she, she gets depacketated dip, depacketated and I was actually like what the fuck and you can see that the man is like oh
0: he's not happy with he's that. he's not right. happy about that but then we get back to normal Earth realm yeah so when talk is knocked off the cliff when he's shot in the eye mm-hmm. he falls to the ground and we get a little scene where um, your red haired guy. Yes. Um, during the riverbed scuffle, um, talk roots through his stuff, mm-hmm. and he finds a little folding knife. Yes. He also puts on his sunglasses, which we get a nod to the Matrix. Yeah, I was definitely. Yeah, you have my Neo, it was, bro. It was it was explicit. Um, okay. So talk throughout the entire movie um, after the first twenty minutes or so, he finds a leather like leather duster, yeah, leather duster, absolutely, like a leather a, duster. A, yeah, a Boondock Saints leather duster, yes. or a or a Keanu Reeves Neo. Dusters. we'll say neo It's yeah, definitely neo. it's supposed to be neo um and then during the riverbed scuffle he uh he picks up some sunglasses and he puts them on and there's an electric guitar riff And you can tell that he's he's happy with his look and then we cut to the girl and she gives him a mm-hmm, look and then he takes them off thankfully <laughs> yeah. um there's a lot of matrix references in this fucking movie yeah. like half of the editing style is inspired by that um we'll we'll have to talk about um Bulk and skull when it comes to major oh, references yes. but yes. um so after talk gets shot and falls off the cliff though um we get a scene where the girl slices her palm mm-hmm. with the folding knife that he gave her so good good job editing team yeah. and she like wipes her blood on his face mm-hmm. and then she gets abducted by I think Jack in uh, in zombie form yes I believe so and which then immediately plays into, I'm guessing, Talk having a flashback, which we just described. Yes. Um, so after the flashback, though, Talk wakes up, yeah, and he's now zombie Talk, but he's like super powered zombie Talk.
1: Yeah. So I believe her blood is what brought him back. So
0: that. the man has been after this girl because he wants her blood for something. Yeah. And so, she, she apparently, apparently, her blood is enough to bring Talk back. Yeah. And uh, Talk does a. Highlander, he calls out into the heavens. Yes, I really like this.
1: <laughs> this was the green backlighting and thunder, which yeah. I thought was really cool. Uh, I I like how it's just very. It's just a very little scene, and yeah, it's just the the rocks behind him are green lit, and he does yeah a quick. Gah! And then by the power of Grayskull, exactly. and then uh,
0: his katana, the same sword from his flashback scene, it has a weird hilt. With, mm. a, with a blade on I the bottom I didn't like that that kind of made me mad it's a little uh, distracting
1: I think it might be well, this is new age stuff we're not fucking up that pussy katana stuff <laughs> back in the day that
0: classic shit we're all about that new shit I'm like I like the classic yeah. and I think it's cool well it also has a weird like hoop like an iron hoop for his index finger Maybe it looks like a some... trigger grip almost I feel like he saw Blade right before he started I filming. think this came from Highlander because later in the movie we get um, a shot of Hideo Sakaki the, the man Mm-hmm. on his cliffside, that actually the first shot we get of him is standing on the same cliff mm-hmm. so like an hour later though he went back there um he has a box yeah that he is carrying early in the film but disappears later and that comes back at the end yeah um this box it look it feels reminiscent of desperado or el mariachi or something man he did just beat off to tarantino didn't he I think so wow I, I'm thoroughly convinced um so he opens this box and uh there's a big ass sword that's not quite a katana. It's some. Mm-hmm. It's just some yeah. Frankenstein sword that uh, is. divided up into multiple pieces, and he he. There's a. Briskly edited sequence of him doing like kata, like doing forms, Wait, like the, and and assembling his sword, which feels very reminiscent of the kurgan in Highlander. I but, wanted to say Die Hard because uh, the one dude he has to put his no, head together. no no no, it's definitely the kurgan from Highlander. I got it's I, Clancy Brown in his motel room.
1: I got about ten minutes into Highlander and I was drinking and I
0: could not get through it. <laughs> oh, and I like Clancy Brown; he's terrifying, but yeah, I I couldn't do it. Okay, so Tak has come back from the grave. Uh, He's got his sword with him. And I think at this point, the man has the girl tied to a tree. Correct. And we get a long exposition scene where he's taunting the girl and... He pretends to be upset, and she tells him, I already used my blood to bring talk back, and then he tells her, oh, I'm, I wanted you to do that. I already thought of that, dipshit. And it's a well-performed scene, but it goes on and on and on, and it just drags. Pretty much anytime the man
1: is on screen and there's dialogue, it's just, it's like ten minutes. Yeah,
0: he's, he, he's a talker. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> but he's not even a talker, he's just like, I'm going to tell you. In a minute,
0: why you're back? <laughs> it's like, so there's a there's a to it. there's a thing that The Rock did on WWF, <laughs> not this WWE shit, oh. um, where he was describing some of his past opponents. He was doing imitations of them, mm-hmm. and he did one of Triple H. Oh, really? And so he has his mic, he's staying in the middle of the ring, he says, I am the game, uh, and I'm going to come
1: out uh, and talk for 20 minutes
0: uh, and say absolutely nothing. <laughs> Which was entirely accurate to Triple H's shtick at oh. that point in time. Jeez, How long ago was that? That was probably like 99, 2000. Ooh. Yeah, it was a long time ago. That was when The Rock was the shit and Triple H was just waiting. He was just... Doing... I think that was before Triple H had married the boss's daughter. So... He, was just, <laughs> he was just doing curls, waiting.
1: He's like, you're going to go do movies, dude. I'm going to own this fucking oh, thing. Oh, yeah, and he, he did quite oh, he did.
0: But yeah, that... Basically the man is Triple H. Gotcha. <laughs> that
1: makes absolute sense, yeah. He's just even
0: even the way he fights in this movie where he buries people consistently <laughs> where it's like, hang on, shouldn't that be a fight? It's like, no, no, I'm I'm totally gonna just smash this I'm, dude. I'm just gonna smash. <laughs> he's dead. Yeah. But yeah, so that that brings us to the climax of the film, which um, oddly cuts back to Benny and the, the less fine girl. Yes,
1: what the fuck was that scene about?
0: Yeah, it kind of messes with the rhythm of the movie a bit, because yeah. the climax is actually pretty solid, yeah. except for these bits, which are funny, but don't belong. Just pull him out. He must have been like, hit one
1: of his best friends or some shit like I can't get rid of the Benny scenes I I
0: wouldn't be surprised I mean Benny is pretty funny in the movie like there's a running gag where um, Jack is constantly slapping him Yeah. like everybody's hitting him all the time and it's pretty funny and his interactions with the less fine gal are pretty funny too like
1: she knocks the shit out of him
0: yeah she beats the shit out of him and he has a omamori uh, uh, like a Good luck charm. Mm-hmm. The, at oh, one yeah, point, yeah. gets shot in the ass again, like Benny. Like, <laughs> like Benny. Yeah. Yeah. He has a charm.
1: Uh, not, not as fine. Uh, Yakuza lady. Yeah. Uh, I think might be another nod to uh, um, uh, the Matrix because Carrie. Uh, Carrie can, Ann Moss. Carrie Moss. She is the short hair. She's a badass. She's in the
0: yeah. The leather and, outfit. And less fine lady, as much as I mean. Even though we're calling him less fine lady. Um, she's still pretty, but yeah, she's, she's just not she's as She's actually long, pretty, and I think she's actually a trained stunt actress. Ooh. And her action scenes are pretty good. And yeah. She's portrayed she's in a, a dignified fashion, except when she gets knocked out with the wood. <laughs>
1: what does that say about us? That she's portrayed in a dignified
0: way, and we're like the less fine lady. <laughs> like,
1: we're, we're assholes. I'm sorry. It's they, late. <laughs> yeah, like they say, he was doing a good job about portraying... Uh, a couple of female characters like he did a pretty good job of that not sexualizing them in a movie he otherwise
0: could have yeah um yeah, and we're we're just being assholes. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> apologies. <laughs> um, before but we... yeah, um, this scene with Benny and the less fine lady. Um, basically, what happens is they cross paths with Vulcan's Skull. Yes, the two cops, uh, the one guy with one hand and Steven's Gull cop.
1: I was doing other uh-huh. things while this was happening because I was waiting for the final fight, so I was just kind of eh, <laughs> piddling around. So I didn't
0: I didn't pay attention too much to oh. this part. So basically, what happens is uh, they all get into a, a fight with each other. Uh, it's pretty funny. Um, there's a part where the one-handed guy accidentally keeps poking Benny with his stump and mm. hurting himself in the process. Oh, well, <laughs> that's what he was doing. And a uh, uh, Steven Seagal cop uh, walks up to the the less fine lady and, like, sizes her up and declares that, like, I'm I'm a fighter. Like, I'm the best fighter that has ever walked the earth. She knocks the shit out of him, I guess No, they, they go at it. And uh, he does he does a Matrix dodge where he, mm. like, leans back and it's... Wire-assisted dodge, basically. Gotcha. It's a very explicit. Nod to the Matrix. In fact, I think it's not a coincidence that he's dressed like an agent, mm. as an Agent Smith. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, during the during the scuffle, uh, Benny accidentally shoots her, <laughs> and then uh, the guy, the cops have a Barrett rifle, a M82A1. I think it's it's a it's an anti-material rifle. I think. Yeah. It's like it's like a fifty-caliber sniper rifle. <laughs> they just have it in this car that they jacked from someone and benny grabs it and starts like brandishing it like it's a knife or something and takes off into the woods screaming not my fault fault. (laughs) which he's done a couple of times because he makes a lot of mistakes and shoots a lot of the wrong people um and during this we're we've been cutting back and forth to the actual climax of the Mm -hmm. film which is all the zombie yakuza versus talk yes and most of them get killed pretty quickly by talk um i think glasses gets it no um we get a nod to Raiders of the Lost Ark, where uh, Shang Tsung, uh, in zombie form, of course, mm-hmm. uh, picks up his revolver and points it at Toc, and then tosses it aside, and in response, talk lifts a, a assault rifle and just shoots him in the face 30 times, <laughs> um, so instead of having another, another barehanded, you know, fair oh, fight, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, just yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, he just blasts him, just like offhanded, just like whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like the guy puts his fists up and he just goes. That was a good scene. (laughs) That's cute. I I, I like that. And then uh, I think Glasses gets it next. Um, Glasses, very cute scene, has to unfold his arm because it was like wrenched out of place by uh, the man Mm -hmm. when he died. Um, He's the one that gets sliced and diced. Uh, So Tak whips his sword around and like cuts him into thirty pieces. Mm -hmm. And it would have been fine, um, but it's made much better. By this uh, shot immediately afterwards, where we see a pile of body parts and they're like twitching. Mm-hmm. If they weren't twitching, it yeah. would have lost a lot of impact. Yeah. But that that little twitch, which was probably just people yanking on like fishing line or something, probably made a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then I think the the flying gal gets the hole put in her stomach. Yes, I, I think I that, that's uh, her. Yeah, she gets a hole put in her stomach, and I'm guessing she was like laying down on a board or something. and They just had a, a fake body. Mm. So you get a nice shot looking through her. That's pretty cool. He looks through I do believe. Speaking of looking through people, I oh, forgot to mention red-haired guy gets a fist through his face. Yes. That's the one he looks that's through. That's a beautiful shot. That is Cuz really you can great. like see teeth in there. Yeah. And then he has like optic nerves. Yeah. He has the eyeballs. <laughs> he has on his the eyes. eyeballs stuck between see, his fingers. So yeah. the man is disappointed with the red-haired guy after he failed at the riverbed in yes. that horribly sped up fight. Yeah. <laughs> um and yeah, he gets a fist put through his face, and it leads to a pretty cool makeup effect. Yeah, very, very good. Um, which I think leaves us with Jack. Yes, yeah, so it, it leaves who, us... Jack is now Blanca, basically, <laughs> from Street Fighter. <laughs> I
1: was going to say, he's a zombie toad. Like, because he's... Mm-hmm. The way he moves,
0: like, the way he's, like...
1: Well, yeah, I guess more Blanca, because he's kind of going on all fours, but he also has, like, well, a crouch, like a Spider-Man crouch that looks like a frog. I think
0: he's supposed to be, like, an insect because okay. he skitters yeah. and even his music kind of has like that there there are a couple cool, to it.
1: a couple cool little shots where they have him like up uh, against a tree looking down then he
0: like they have Yeah, he him, crawls down the tree. Crawls down the tree. So um, he's he's gone like full on just like Gremlin man <laughs> in, in he, his performance. <laughs> and he really like
1: whatever he's like you need to act like an animal. Act like some kind of animal. But keep acting like an animal so he has all these shots. It's like a good I see like thirty seconds of him like acting like an well, animal before he actually goes throughout down. Throughout
0: all these deaths we've been seeing all of all the zombie yakuza gang off they keep cutting back to his reactions, and he's he's just yeah. like this pissed off little imp that's like drooling and spitting and screaming. So how does how does Jack get it? Jack make is kind of dismissed from the film. It's kind of unfortunate. We we even get this really intensely creative sequence where he uh, he does a back kick. Yeah. So he's bracing himself on his hands and pushing himself backwards like you do like a wheelbarrow race. Yeah. And kicking backwards at Talk and like pushing him backwards. I think they may have filmed it in reverse with some wires or something. And then he even like burrows underground <laughs> and like pops up and spins out of the ground like a tornado. Um what happens though is a uh, Benny shows up. Mm. And Benny is carrying this gigantic rifle and he sees jack in his zombie form and he tries to shoot jack because jack is jack was i think the one who shot him in the ass oh yeah (laughs) and jack was the one who was slapping him in the face throughout the whole movie so they don't like each other so benny tries to shoot him uh the kick of the rifle knocks him across the forest and we get a very Evil Dead-esque shot of the camera like perched directly against his chest, looking up at his head, going, Uh as he flies backwards and he hits a tree. Get a really cute shot where Toc runs up next to him and is about to take the rifle out of his hands, but stops for a second to punch him in the face. And Benny just like gives this dumb clown smile Mm -hmm. as, as blood pours out of his mouth. So Toc picks up the rifle and blows up Jack. Gotcha. Just one shot. <clears throat> it's just an explosion death. Not not the best yeah. for for the best character in the movie. It's kind of meh. Yeah. Um, which then leads to Bulk and Skull showing up, mm. and uh, we get a fun little gag where uh, <laughs> they're yelling at Talk because they still want to like take him take him back to prison or something. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, uh, the the uh, Steven Seagal cop actually calls out his serial number. He's, he calls him KSC two three zero three. Mm-hmm stupid little fun fact that you don't care about <laughs> um the raid movies um i think it was the second raid movie uh the main character's serial number because there's a scene where he's in prison mm-hmm. is KFC 2303 Oh, okay so i'm guessing the director had seen it gotcha um anyway uh we get a fun moment where the one-handed cop is yelling at talk and talk Uses his sword to pick up just a random hand from the ground. I'm guessing it was glasses' hand. Mm. He throws it to him, and he catches it, and he tries to like reattach Put it. it. And he's he says, I'm not left handed, because it's the wrong it's the wrong hand. <laughs> it's definitely not his hand, that's for sure. That's so interesting. Uh,
1: that is actually what's happening on Ash vs. Evil Dead right now. Really? Uh, Lucy Lawless's character is has Ash's hand. And oh. it's still yeah so i'm like oh what's gonna happen hand
0: stuff this is gonna be fun. <laughs>
1: um
0: but yeah are we are, where are we at are we at the longest sword fight in history just about to. okay so hand cop is angry that he was given the wrong hand which immediately cuts to talk blowing his head off with the rifle and then the next shot though is uh steven seagal cop seeing his friend dead and then calling out to talk like i've 500 times better reflexes than Mike Tyson and he tells him come on shoot at me and then talk fires and we get this explicit like matrix reference like there's no buts yeah. about it where we get a rotating zooming camera shot of this of this cop do, doing the yeah. lean back and the arm swoops from you know Keanu Reeves on the roof in the matrix dodging bullets mm-hmm. except he like bounces back up And the bullet hits him in his chest and he explodes. It's just a stupid little comedic bit. Nice. Um, Which plays into the longest sword fight in the history of film, according to Kyle. Yes. It is crazy long. I think it's a good ten minutes long. Easily. Easily ten minutes. A lot of it's slow motion, but um, yeah, it's very long. Uh,
1: This is when I had the subtitles on. Um, Actually, it was a little bit before. I had the subtitles on during um, the sequence uh, where he chops off her head. uh, Oh, Before. Um, but he stabs somebody and it says squishing stabs is the sound that the uh, subtitles are describing. It's squishing says, stabs, squishing stabs. And then the next one is ripping and squirting flesh, uh, which I i love those subtitles like that's
0: really really good i mean that's right up there with like cries in spanish <laughs> but, squishing, now
1: whenever i'm gonna watch a movie like oh squishy stab that's, that's oh that's a squishy stab. oh that's a ripping and squirting that's that flesh is <laughs> oh ripping that's and some squirting. good ripping and squirting <laughs> uh, you're, you're gonna be doing watching it now you're gonna be like oh, oh squishy stab. <laughs> yeah
0: um, that's what i thought was pretty funny but yeah
1: the the longest sword fight ever um I like the filter. I like that it's it's. In they the, make
0: good use of the leaves on the ground too.
1: Very much, and the shot when they're like when they're walking up to each other is really good. I you really know,
0: we haven't mentioned the music at all in this movie. You <sighs> said you you had other music at, after right. a while, uh, just because I was tired of the
1: dub, and during the action scenes especially, I kind of just put it on mute, did the subtitles, and then threw on some just some music because it it actually like if you, during the fight sequences if you are playing some kind of dance or EDM or like what, what electronic music. Um, it, it matches up pretty well.
0: Just well, the music in this movie, I I'd like to think is actually quite good, especially for an indie production. Indie production, it's very of its time as well. Oh yeah, it's very Blade esque. That's like the music was. It's very Blade esque, but it's also multi genre. Like the instrumentation is very interesting. Like mm-hmm. they do a lot of different things. There's like some like rock tracks. There's some Blade like EDM kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then the the music that plays during the sword fight. Um, is mostly electronic like drum and bass kind of stuff but with like a a Buddhist chime playing over it that sounds great um, and the timing of the music cues is good too because like the the lead into the fight has music the first minute of it doesn't and then there's a part where they clash swords and things escalate a bit that the music comes back in like full force Okay. it's like when they clash swords and they both pull out their pistols I think is when the music comes back um. <clears throat> anyway, I, I thought the soundtrack was actually pretty good. It could have been awful. Like it really easily could have yeah. been it very easily could have been overlooked.
1: Um the fight the fight was fine. Um I definitely took away more from the practical effects, the makeup effects in the movie, which I appreciated. Um
0: and the shots. Definitely the shots. Yeah, I mean the the execution of the fighting is not amazing, mm. but the creativity, the imagination that went into crafting some of these sequences was I mean, there's a reason why the choreographer of this movie is in high demand now. Gotcha. It's because he's very good at looking looking at the characters and the scenes that he's working with and identifying what can we do with that. What can we do with it? Even if we don't actually have the tools to pull it off 100%, let's try it. Um, I like the ending. I really like the ending. Oh, yeah. So the the conclusion of the fight, it's pretty obvious. Talk, yeah. talk wins. Yeah. You've seen um, the movie. He, he goes Super Saiyan and just wins. Yeah. That happens all too often in movies. Where I, I said this about Digstown, where uh, just the final fight for no real reason, the main character just decides to win. <laughs>
1: when you get to Digstown, um, what's his name? the the main the main boxer. Oh, Lou Gossett Jr. Yeah,
0: he shouldn't have won a single fight. <laughs> he is old as fuck. He's old, and he is not two hundred pounds. No, he is not two hundred. He shouldn't have won a single fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, but yeah, um, they they have a big long fight. Talk wins via decapitation. Clearly, good decap. This was good because this was the
1: I, I thought it was really good because it's the actual character's head. It's the actor's head. Yeah, it.
0: instead of creating what would have been a really phony fake head, they just went with using clever camera angles and makeup. Very good. Very I thought good. it was very, the tra- very the good. cut the transition between the rolling head and and him rolling into frame. Very good. Brilliant. Like, For an independent film, it's pretty great. No, no, it's nothing but good timing and clever framing,
1: but it works. And the in the makeup too, like it looks legit.
0: Yeah, like, it looks like it was severed via force. Yeah, because cool. <laughs> so like, uh, he gets slashed like halfway through the throat, and then he gets a, a roundhouse yeah, kick yeah. that knocks his head off. So his neck is like bent to one it, side. Yeah, um, it's good. It's a good head. It was a good. It was a good. Depacketation. Depacketation. <laughs> um, but yeah, but then the so the end takes place it, 99 years later
1: 99 years later all I could think of was neo tokyo that's what I was just kind of thinking And about. we get
0: a nice miniature set I could tell it was miniature but it's very good uh, someone cared I somebody <laughs>
1: somebody cared for him fed him yeah uh,
0: <laughs> I've
1: been uh, I've been meaning to watch silence some somebody's wife. Wow. Has a lot of patience. That's <laughs> <laughs> really, like I thought it was really, really good. Um, but yeah, so we meet again. Uh, we have a character walking through. Um,
0: yeah, th- a sword wielding character in a duster.
1: So, in, in silhouette. So, we get to a basement with uh, all of our favorite Yakuza characters, but they all look like Cenobites. They all look like Alien Nation. I, I, I thought they I thought they all looked like... Uh, Cenobites. Cenobites when I saw them. Um, they're all wearing bald caps. Yeah. Uh, and we have Homegirl. Um, chosen one. <laughs> um, and now we have... Uh, a switch of roles. We have the man wielding the sword. Mm-hmm. Walking down. And now we have Toc, who is our good guy in the movie, has her hostage. Mm-hmm. And... I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And she says to, um, uh, the man, she's like, I should have trusted you. I should have stayed with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if this feud switches every century or like every time they're reincarnated, it just changes. Or if the entire time it was actually, um,
0: talk who is the bad guy. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I th- it's funny Actually. I think he says that actually. And she says, she says it. Um, It's revealed, we forgot to mention, because it's completely inconsequential. Um, The man, when he's killing talk initially, like in the orange zone, Mm -hmm. uh, he mentions that they're brothers.
1: Oh, I did not know that. Yeah,
0: he's the older brother and talk is the younger brother. I was Um, not aware. (laughs) um, I interpret it as just, it's a, a role reversal that happens naturally, like from generation to generation or whatever. Okay. I didn't take I didn't look into it really. No. To me, it was just a fun ending, where it's if you're going to have a past revelation and a and a present one, you may as well have like the cycle continues like.
1: Well, it's it was an interesting ending because he says to him, he's like, well, there's nothing really to destroy in this world anymore. Yeah. So let's just fucking end this. Like, I guess maybe let's try it again. Like I'm <laughs> like. like Let's just cut this short now. Yeah,
0: it's it's you know an eternal struggle. It's like, I thought it was a good ending. It's no, it's a solid ending, and that miniature, yeah, that miniature city, you know, that was a lot of time and effort that went towards something that was completely extraneous. Yeah, because otherwise the ending would have been. The girl and talk escape on a motorcycle. She mentions to him that, like, you know, you you are a zombie, so if you leave this forest, you might die. And he doesn't react. Yeah. And then, like, cut to credits. That could have been your ending. That could have been. That would have been fine. That too. would have been a fine ending. Yeah. But they went the extra mile, and I thought it was neat. Yeah, was I thought cute. it was a fun ending. And cute little detail: the credits are in English.
1: Oh, I didn't even notice that.
0: <laughs> um, again, I think it speaks to the director's preferences, where it's like, I mm. think he his dream has always been to be an American filmmaker because actually his most recent film was American also.
1: Well, as Robert Evans said, uh, it's, uh, the American film industry is the greatest that's ever been. And it will probably be the greatest ever.
0: <laughs> no, I, I feel like do you hate Kitamura? I think, I feel like his filmmaking sensibilities are, intrinsically american mm-hmm. like i feel like growing up he probably latched onto our movies more so than the movies made in his country as well he should <laughs> and i think he went to school in america too oh okay um not to say that there
1: aren't good japanese movies i'm just no, saying no they're, they're excellent it's uh, just when been... you
0: watch his movies you feel more influence from our stuff than theirs mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting
1: there are incredible foreign films but at the volume at which America
0: pumps out movies, you just can't keep up. Well, and low budget here doesn't mean the same over there. Sure, like, like, even, like, things like, I mean, El Mariachi, is an, that's an extreme example. Like, that mm. was a dirt cheap film. That was, like, $7,000 or something. But, like, The Evil Dead and stuff, like, that's low budget. But imagine low budget in a different, like, a foreign yeah. market. It's probably even lower budget. Yeah.
1: Well, I wonder how much Cannibal... Was Cannibal Holocaust an independent film? Mm, you know, I don't know. I can't imagine there being a lot of a lot of money put into I, it. I would I think
0: did. it was an independent film. Because, I mean, technically, Nightmare on Elm Street was an independent film.
1: Is that the greatest independent film of all time? I think
0: in terms of profit margin, maybe. Yeah,
1: I um, mean, it, it launched a, a pretty shitty franchise. but. <laughs> Uh, I I say that not not have seen any like between two and five, I've only seen one and Freddy's Freddy vs Jason. Oh, I haven't seen well, any of the rest of them. The, yeah, you can't talk. Though. But I've seen pieces. There's <laughs> a video game, and I remember where Freddy's dancing. Yeah, cross, I'm like I saw where that franchise went
0: well now he's in mortal Kombat and stuff (laughs) like he's
1: doing just fine so yes i caught up on this uh i like i said i love i like the shots it is long-winded yeah Um,
0: it's a it's a thing in his entire filmography
1: definitely you could cut this down i like the gore um yeah and i there's a lot of really good practical effects and shots i think that's definitely worth watching the movie for
0: okay well said i'm glad you got something out of it because yeah. there was potential for this to just be hot garbage for you <laughs> no hot garbage was uh the dark backward <laughs> i feel like we're going to be referencing that every episode for as long as the show runs you should drop it so the people know what we're what we're
1: talking about
0: but you people don't know the horrors of the dark backward it's it's something else i'll tell you all right yeah. well thanks for tuning in yeah. uh next time around I will be catching up on cinema yes. uh, Kyle had me watch Roman Polanski's The Ninth Gate
1: yeah and yes I know all about Roman Polanski uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. we won't talk about that we won't talk about that
1: but yeah I'll just go ahead and say it now we have another movie uh, that Trevor had to catch up on but I can already tell you what Trevor's next one is because I watched this mm. is The Evil Dead um,
0: yeah it's gotta happen at some point like I said I've only seen two in two in Army of Darkness yeah. So, I, I completely skipped the original and the remake, for that matter.
1: I have plenty of reasons for
0: you to watch it, but we'll, we'll get into that No, later, it's but. a classic. It's it's of my time. It's something I should have seen a long time ago. And, well, if, I mean, fa- and, and it's funny because, in a lot of ways, I even said this before we recorded, this movie versus is basically my Evil Dead. Because at the age of 13, most of my friends were watching the Evil Dead and Dawn of the Dead and... Uh, Day of the Dead in particular, that was one that was really big among my friends. So mm-hmm. like, these kinds of movies were really big among our age group. Yeah. It just so happens that the one that the one that grabbed my attention was this one. I actually watched the uh, the original
1: Texas Chainsaw Massacre before I saw any of the other movies. really. Yeah, wow. I was actually fortunate enough to see that. Wow. Which I think might be the my that's f- that's pretty rare. I think it might be my favorite independent horror film, especially from that that decade. I'm not a big fan of um, uh,
0: Night of the Living Dead first one is i mean it's it's black and white it's slow paced um as far as like zombie movies go um i don't think it's the template that most people work from i feel like dawn of the dead and day of the dead are, are more more than ones people are more familiar
1: with i still haven't seen it. and i've been trying to there must be an issue with the dawn of the dead right now but i still have not seen the original dawn of the dead and i've been trying to watch it for a minute
0: last i heard there was like a a distribution rights issue like the ownership of the distribution yeah. rights of the film are kind of up in the air. That happens sometimes. Like there's like uh, some of the old horror films, like Hammer films in particular, mm-hmm. like um, you'll try to like buy them all and then they'll all have like different production labels and different art styles on their covers. And it's, if you're a collector, yeah, it's the it's most the fucking frustrating yeah. thing ever. <laughs> Versus like, oh my God, the fonts are... The, art, fuck? the <laughs> fonts aren't consistent. <laughs> You're you're driving me nuts. <laughs> Could
1: you imagine if you were gonna buy Frankenstein, the original Frankenstein, and you did not have the Boris Karloff Frankenstein's monster, and it was just something like, like actual like Frankenstein the doctor doing something with what's that little that little bitch he's got? The... Oh,
0: um, it was Fritz in the first one, yeah. but Igor is the one most people know. Yeah, that that guy. It's just him and uh, Igor doing something. <laughs> like, this moth. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. I have Boris Karloff. On the front. Well, That's you gotta understand
0: funny. though that that image is that image and that likeness is pricey. Yeah, like that that if you're Universal, you hold on <laughs> to you hold on to that shit. Yeah, you keep that on lock. Even my horror film, Mickey book. Mouse ain't getting the ain't getting
1: Carl off. That's the picture they use for uh, for uh, that horror book I let you borrow. the yeah. the horror film. Book. No,
0: he's maybe the most iconic horror monster, and in- I would say he is. Yeah, I'll, we'll no, say. no, no. I mean, I, I don't think there's an argument
1: there. but Although I think Doctor Caligari is a better is a better movie. Oh, hush! <laughs> I think it's better. I think it. It. I mean, how many people have seen it though? If you've seen the original Frankenstein, you've seen Caligari
0: mostly. I haven't. That's Did crazy I... that you haven't seen. Well, I've seen the original Frankenstein. I haven't seen Caligari, but Bel-Gari. I know of I know it by reputation. You really should watch Caligari. I know. I know, there's a lot of things. This is why we're doing a show called Catching Up on Cinema. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Because there is cinema to be caught up on.